Welcome to Ticket Weeknights. Live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here are your hosts, Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta. Up, everybody. What is going on? Cristiano Simonetta with you, voice of the Lincoln Stars. This is Outside the Box. I'm joined, as always, by Stars head coach, Rocky Russo. Rocky, what's going on? How are you, Christian? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm doing really well. And weirdly for us, uh, we can get into this in a little bit, but only having one game last weekend, it's always weird having that extra off day for us that Saturday night. So what did you do on that Saturday? How'd you spend that? I spent time with my family. With, you know, my, my daughter wasn't planning on uh, being at home that night. She was planning on being at Princess Night, which has been the topic of conversation in my house for close to a month. She was a princess on Halloween, and she couldn't wait to wear her dress and her tiara to the rink and get pictures with the uh, with the princesses. So my wife and I had to explain to her that that wasn't going to happen, but that the princesses were going to come later in the year. So... Lori Crocker, if you're listening, do not let me down. Make sure those princesses do show up a little bit later in the year because Ronnie is uh, looking forward to it, to say the least. This is Outside the Box, the Lincoln Stars Coaches Show. We're talking about Lincoln Stars hockey. They're 10-4-1 this season, second place in the Western Conference. One game on Friday, Rocky was against the Fargo Force at the Icebox. An awesome crowd. It was $2 night, $2 draft beer, $2 popcorn, bunch of different promotions, a lot of college kids in the building. It was a great atmosphere, and you guys got off to a really, really sharp start. USADO scores first two minutes and 20 seconds into the first period, and for you, you're starting to notice the crowd gatherings at the Icebox box increasing in attendance what was that like when you got the scoring going well obviously I think Lincoln wants to support a winning hockey team in in this community and it's been a few years since there's been a group in there that uh that the fans wanted to come out and see and and what we have this year is something pretty special so you know I'm seeing the crowds grow every home game we haven't we don't have a large sample size we've only played maybe four home games so um you know we've we've had uh the crowds grow each weekend obviously I thought it was great last Friday we were outstanding in the first period, I think is the best way to put it. We were crisp. We were sharp. We were all over their D. We had pucks behind them. We had extended offensive possession. We scored two goals. And we have a chance, and that's that's kind of where we are as a team right now. We had a chance to bury our opponent, to really put the, the pedal down. And we come out in the second period, and, and uh, we don't even look like the same club. Yeah, two goals in that first period, both from USADO in the first 10 minutes. And Fargo was a team that was shorthanded on the ice in terms of roster size. They had eight forwards dressed. One of those guys was Connor Brown, a defenseman on the left side. How early do you tell the guys, or do you even let them know the schematics of, okay, here's what they're rolling with, they're a little hurt, they're a little banged up, because that could also serve as that reverse effect where guys may not want to play their game? Yeah, it's a a tough situation, and I think that's kind of what we ran into, right? Like, we dominate them in the first period. The guys are feeling good. They're going, hey, we're going to just steamroll this team. They don't have the horses. They're hurt. We can just play, keep playing our game. And then what happens is we start cutting corners. We start cheating a little bit. Uh, we give up a, a goal right at the expiration of, of the first penalty kill that we had. And then we give up another one kind of just out to lunch on our PK4 check. All of a sudden it's 2-2. You're in a dogfight. And the wheels are off a little bit, right? We're playing, but we're off the track. And what I've noticed with this group is I could get them back on during an intermission. I can't do it to this point during a media timeout. When things are going bad, we have a hard time getting getting that fixed. And 
George and Art and myself have talked about that. We've talked with our leaders. What can we do to, to try to turn it around right away? And um, so that's definitely something that we need to work on as a group. But I thought we did that coming out into the third period. And, and we had a really good start to the period, four or five really good shifts. And then one bad mistake and the puck ends up in our net. Now it's a 3-2 game and, and we're trying to find our way back. And you were trying to recapture some of that magic that you had in the previous Friday game at the icebox against Des Moines, two goals in 14 seconds, and Henry Nelson. We'll talk to him a little bit later in the show. He had the game winner on Friday night and on Saturday against Des Moines, two goals in under 30 seconds. Once again, you didn't have that punch back effort in the third period. What do you think was the reason why? Well, we, we had questionable decision-making all night long as far as the second and third period goes, and then we actually did get our six-on-five set up. We got our goalie out. We got the setup that we wanted. We had an opportunity to make a play, and... and par for the course for the evening we made the wrong decision with the puck so you know it is what it is I I actually said to DP there at the end of the last show sometimes it's good for a team to take a loss you know you get a little high on your horse winning winning some games in a row we had won five in a row feeling pretty good about ourselves and and so it's an opportunity to reset refocus we were able to be pretty hard on them in video we had a pretty tough practice yesterday we were able to get refocused and on some of our details and back to basics today and and then the hope is we have two more good practices and, and a great weekend coming up. You're listening to Outside the Box. Cristiano Simonetta with Rocky Russo alongside. Text us, 402-464-5685. We want to hear from you, your questions for Rocky and myself. And, you know, some of the guests we have later on the show, Henry Nelson, Lucas Wallen. Let's go back to an overall theme from the season so far. A 10-4-1 record. You guys don't seem to quit when you're down. You lost the game against Fargo 4-2, but for you, when you took the job in the summer, if you would have said the first 15 games, hey, we've got 10 wins, you think you'd be satisfied with that? Sign me up. I would have signed that contract right off the hop, obviously. You know, you're never satisfied. The more success you have, the more that you want, and that's that's what a competitive person does and, and strives for. But 10-4-1 through our first 15, we're just about a quarter of the way through the season now. I, I like the position we're in. We've seen everybody in, in our division, with the exception of the Omaha Lancers, who we will see this coming Saturday, we've only got one small sip it, snippet against the Tri-City Storm. They're obviously a bit of a juggernaut right now, but we played them in our first game of the year outside of the showcase, and, and they beat us 4-1. to one. And I would venture to say we're a far different team now than we were in that first matchup. And Tri-City, that team you guys have been looking upwards at all season long. For you, what's been the most impressive thing about those teams? We, before we even got on, we talked about them. And then last week before we went on, we talked about them. So let's talk about them for now. I know not a lot of Stars fans want to hear about the Tri-City Storm, but they're a team that, again, a model team for you guys right now to look at and be like, hey, we can be like those guys and beat those guys and compete with those guys. Well, first of all, I think that, that Anthony Noreen and Jason Kohler have done a, an excellent job of uh, building their their club right they've drafted well they've had their affiliate list taken care of their cupboards always full of good players they do an, a really good job of developing young guys you know they've got Tanner Adams in there this year as an 05 they got the Strathman kid in there as an 05 last year Brindley played as a 16 year old now you see him he's a dominant player for them and so they understand the model of the USHL where you're gonna have to play some of your young guys you're gonna have to let them take some lumps, but I think they also keep the carrot on the stick for the older guys and, and understand, hey, you're going to compete to have success. They Again, the, the drafting, their first-round pick was Arseny Sergeyev, who's been, you know, without question, the best goalie in the league. Obviously, Cameron 
would have something to say about that, but Arsini's numbers are through the roof, and I know him well playing in the North American League last year for the Shreveport Mudbugs. He's been excellent, and they've got a really good decor. They bring Mitchell Miller back, who's a fourth-round draft pick. Uh, rescinded, obviously, but fourth-round draft pick of the the Phoenix Coyotes and, and a guy that was supposed to go to school at, at the University in North Dakota, and he should probably be running a Division One power play right now. Oh, he man. said he's oh, still yeah. playing in the, in the USHL, so they have a bit of an embarrassment of riches there, but I also know that, that when we play our way, we can play against anybody, and I'm excited for that next opportunity to get a kick at the can against them. And you also were trying to have a kick at the can against Omaha for the first time this season on Saturday, last Saturday. So you had that loss against Fargo 4-2, but we found out before that the game against Omaha on Saturday was declared a no contest. We're not going to get too far into the details. It's not like we're going to be breaking any information that hasn't already been made public. Or for you, when you heard about that situation developing in Omaha and that it was going to affect your game on Saturday, for you, what was your thought process? Well, first of all, I'm I'm a coach, and so I I feel for any coach that loses his job, regardless of the circumstance there. And I I don't know Chad Cassidy well. I know that he's a very experienced guy, head coach in the American Hockey League assistant coach for a long time with the national team development program doing a great job running Northwood prep there for a number of years and so and and to his own right they had a really good record when he was let go so uh, above and beyond that is is all skepticism not you know you hear what you hear and you read what you read but long story short when the players don't want to play and there's a lot of turmoil you know the USHL had to step in and say okay let's take a step back let's try to figure out what's going on here and uh, and that was unfortunate for us because we had the big promotion. We had uh, uh, a lot of tickets out for Saturday night. It was supposed to be a great uh, event against, a, obviously, a natural rival in the Omaha Lancers, and and uh, that wasn't supposed to, or that uh, wasn't able to occur. But ultimately, I you know I feel for the players. I want to make sure the players are in a good spot. They're they're definitely a team that I'm looking forward to playing this weekend in their arena, and and we will get that game rescheduled on a on a Saturday night. We're able to draw a great crowd. Yeah, and if you purchased tickets to last Saturday's game against Omaha, we sent out a couple emails it's on our website, but you can either redeem that voucher for another game throughout the year or those tickets are going to be valid for the next time uh, we reschedule that game, Princess Night. So, yeah, your daughter was very upset about that. She had the outfit already from uh, Halloween ready to go, and she got denied last weekend. That must have been pretty upsetting. She did. You know what? She she took it pretty well. She came to the game on Friday, and uh, when I – I went out and met my wife in the parking lot and I took her out of the car and she goes, daddy, I don't have my dress on. And, uh, I think it clicked in her head that she was supposed to have the dress when she came to the game. And I said, no, sweetie, the, the princesses won't be here tonight, but they're going to be here down the road. And so that pretty much, you know, in one ear and out the other. And, and all of a sudden the sights and sounds of, of the ice box took over. We went and bought her a, a Lincoln star shirt and in the, uh, the pro shop there. And then she went down and Got to hang out in my office a little bit, and and she got to see her favorite player, Antonio, Antonio Fernandez. He's got uh, he's got her heart a little bit because he played in Amarillo last year, and and uh, he's so good with kids, and obviously he's got three younger sisters, so he gets it, and and so she saw him, and she loves George uh, as well, and so she was really comfortable and happy, and got to go up watch the game. She danced the whole time, and uh, she made it through two periods before my wife took her home, so. All in all, I'd say it was a pretty good night for her. Wait, she left after the second period? She did, yeah. Well, she's two years old, man. She's got to go to bed. Look, nope. So wait. Tied after two, two to two, the Ronnie effect. Look, I think you you did Fargo a favor. We might have. Away. We might have. She's got to say the entire bit of regulation. Good, good luck. If my <laughs> wife is listening right now, she'll tell you that's not going to happen because Ronnie 
is uh, she gets a little grumpy when she gets tired, and she's got that internal clock. It doesn't matter what time oh, she yeah. goes to bed at night. She's up at the same time every morning, and so that catches up with her. And so uh, I cannot see her making her way till the end of a game um, this year until maybe the playoffs when it gets uh, a little bit more ramped up. We we do have a STEM game in early 2021 that's at 10.30 a.m. Is she going to be able to make that one? I would suspect she could probably make that whole game. However, that runs into nap time. So my wife will have to have to decide whether she's willing to, to start nap a little bit later. But I suspect that when she can make it from start to finish. We're talking about kids here on uh, Outside the Box, Lincoln Stars Coaches Show. And that segues perfectly into what the guys did Saturday night. So, you know, when the guys do have that rare night off, that Saturday night off, they're skating for an hour with the Cub Scouts. The next day on Sunday, they're participating in Bingo with the Stars, which is a booster club event. For you, how you know rewarding is that for you to hear that your players are not only willing to do that, but they have fun doing that on days where you know a lot of 16 to 20-year-olds may be like, ah, I don't really feel like doing it and interacting as much as they did. You know what I looked at Saturday as, as we weren't planning to have a day off, and so we practiced that morning uh, just to make sure that we got on the ice, and then we already had that uh, Boy Scout group coming in for the game and they were supposed to skate with them after the game and you know one of our major objectives here as as the Lincoln Stars is to serve our community and so the opportunity for our players to spend some time with those young young boys at, on the ice and and interact with them it's unbelievable for the the Boy Scouts right they get to spend time with guys that they look up to and and hope to one day be like and so our guys are excited about that stuff they they really enjoy the community service work that we do and then I cannot say enough about our booster club. It's unbelievable. I've been a lot of places. Obviously, we talked about that last week. I've never seen a booster club that is as passionate about the, the players and the organization as what we have here. They give a lot of their own time to, to raise funds, all that go right back to the players, which is incredible. And so the players have done a bunch of stuff this year as far as making wreaths and, and stuff that they can auction off so that Again, that money comes back, and they've they've gone and they've played mini golf. They've gone to the movies. So, it, I'm just so appreciative for that group and and what they do for us, and and how much they take care of our players. And the interaction that the guys have with the fans. You want to talk about people that they look up to, and those can you know really put in someone's head. Hey, I really want to be a hockey player because look at Antonio Fernandez, look at you know Henry Nelson. Those guys that you interact with on those community events. We go to schools later uh, in December. You'll see us doing that, and that can really, um, you know, have a, a big effect on a kid for you growing up and playing hockey. Was there ever a moment or anything like that, maybe watching that on TV or a movie or maybe interacting with a, a local sports legend in your area where, you know, that kind of helped you and say, oh, I really want to look up to this person? Well, I mean, Yarmer Yager almost ran me over with his car once. You're kidding. Um, so... That was well. Hold on. Okay, we're just stopping the show right there and talking Yarmir Yager now. What, go and walk me through that entire story. We've Ni- got time. Nineteen ninety-one, I believe, is his rookie year. year. It was a good year. For is that. that the year you were born? No. no, that's the year they won the cup. That was ninety-one, ninety-two. Uh, <laughs> was the first year they won the cup. Ninety, uh, ninety-two, Gotcha. Back to back, those two years. Yeah. So, um. His rookie year, so it might have been 1990, sure. uh, my whole youth team goes to the, the Penn's practice, and uh, we're standing out in the parking lot, the guys are coming in, and they're signing autographs as they come in, and, and uh, my dad and I are kind of stragglers, waiting to see if anybody else comes in, and, and uh, my dad was talking to another dad, and all of a sudden, whip around the corner, shoom, like I, he missed me by a few feet. 
in some sort of Porsche, Lamborghini, whatever it is that he was driving as an 18-year-old kid, and uh, jumped out of the car, couldn't have been less interested in signing my autograph, but uh, I think he felt a little bit obligated after he almost hit me with his car. Um, I'm sure Yarmer's a far different person now than he was as an 18-year-old kid with a big contract, but that was a definitely a, a very interesting experience. I did also get, at the end of that practice, I got Grant Jennings' stick, who was a D-man yeah. for, for the Pens back then, and, and uh, um, we wanted Mario, obviously. He was my favorite player growing up. I'm sure any any guy that was a Penguins fan it was, but uh, Mario was slick. Like right in the middle of the drill with about 20 minutes left, all of a sudden he just poop out the door and off the ice because he would be mobbed if, if he didn't. But uh, we were able to talk to Wendell Young, the backup goalie, Tom Barrasso, uh, just a, a lot of, of cool guys. And, and that was – the Penguins that year were, were what made me love hockey. I was playing already, and um, we didn't get the games in, in uh, where I was at. I had to go to my grandparents' house. They had different cable. They had KBL, which came from – the Pittsburgh feed and so my grandpa would pick me up after school and take me to their house so that I could watch the games with them at night and um, then drop me off at school the next morning and I've still got my grandma VHS recorded the Stanley Cup finals in in uh, both years so they played the North Stars the one year and the Blackhawks the other year I have those games on VHS that that came straight out of the uh, the basement in my grandparents house. Yeah, my dad has very bad memories growing up in Chicago, going to those games at the stadium when Yarmir Yager, you know, walking four guys, cutting towards the front of the net, one of the best goals, you know, in NHL history at that Incredible point. player. And, yeah, no, it's weird that you have a Yager story. My brother, Dominic, who was born in 1993, he was, I think, about two or three years old. It was one of those same events, I think, in Chicago, and he had a Penguins jersey on. And I can't remember why uh, my dad had him dressed up in a Penguins jersey that early, but this tall guy with a mullet comes up to my brother and says in broken English do you want to have lunch with me so he, he must have felt super bad about that almost he almost running hit me with into, his car yeah that he you know tracked down my brother a couple of years later and and he had lunch with him and my brother you know fell in love with uh the penguins there he went to Washington he went to the Rangers and you can't believe that that guy's still playing but we can because he's just such a physical specimen. well I'll give you another Yarmer story okay. and and this has nothing to do with me but so I was coaching in Amarillo and uh, we're actually going to play in this facility, ironically enough, down in Frisco, Texas. Oh, we're yeah. playing. It used to be called the Dr. Pepper Center. It's where the Texas Tornado had played. That's where we're playing the Frosty Cup against the Tri-City Storm in, in uh, January. And so we're there for a game against the, the uh, Texas Tornado. The game ends. We walk outside, waiting to load the bus. Some of the guys wander over. There's a practice rink attached to the, to the main uh, arena. It's 11.30 at night. Yarmer Yager's out there skating by himself while he's playing for the Stars. He's got the weight vest on. He's got the weighted pucks going like a complete maniac for a solid hour. It was unbelievable. I mean, any guy at his age at that point is retired, and he's still out there at 11, 11.30 at night with the weight vest on. That's why he's, I don't know, 47, 48 years old, still playing pro hockey back in Europe and 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 still competing and scoring it's i mean he is a, a phenom i mean you're you're seeing it a little bit with tom brady but i think that you know is i think it's different i think the amount of physical play that you get in hockey is different than a quarterback gets especially in the new era of of the nfl um not to not to disparage what tom brady's doing because it's incredible but gordy howe uh 
there's a very few number of guys that have played as long as Yarmer has with such success. Yeah, Gordy Howe playing on a line with his two sons. I mean, I don't at the think, age of 52, you'll, you'll never see that ever again. I don't think uh, we're talking Lincoln Stars hockey outside the box. Cristiano Simonetta, Rocky Russo, and also let's bring our third man in, producer Ethan. You know, we didn't get a chance to get to you last week, but we talked about our origin stories, and we just talked about you know for Rocky watching Yarmir Yager almost splatter him uh, when he was younger and, and going on to what a career Yager did have for you. I know you had a King sweatshirt during our first week. What's that all about? How did you get into loving hockey as much as we do? Uh, hockey was a family affair. So my uh, grandpa went to a private school in Minnesota when he was in high school. He didn't play hockey, but he fell in love with the sport just watching it. He's friends with all the hockey guys. It wasn't Shattuck. It was another school that's since disbanded. It's no longer in existence and so he came back and when he raised my dad's uh step siblings or half siblings he he said you're gonna play hockey my dad never played hockey so I grew up watching my aunt uncle play and that was the probably the coolest sport I'd ever seen as a little kid so I, I wanted to play and then the reason why I'm a Kings fan is because it's directly to counter my brother as a Blackhawks fan wow I chose which team I was cheering for in 2013, Western Conference Finals, Kings Blackhawks. He was irritating, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a Kings fan just to spite him. See, you're not you're not old enough to say it was because of the trade of Wayne Gretzky exactly. from the Edmonton Oilers to the Los Angeles Kings, which is what sparked hockey, obviously, on the yeah. West Coast. And if you go and you look at the, the proximity of when that trade happened and the number of high-end players over the next five or six years that were born – in California that are now playing in the NHL it's unbelievable and so uh, I was fortunate my my grandparents used to spend their their winters in California with my mom's my mom's uh, sister and her family and so uh, my grandpa kind of exposed me to the Los Angeles Kings a little bit and and that was right around Gretzky time and and Luke Robitaille and and Kelly Rudy and and so just a really cool experience there but uh, I like the idea of just rooting against the anybody that's playing against your brother's favorite team well it, it was kind of that and then he called me on it because it was totally obvious what i was doing he called me on it and so then i dug my heels in oh, went, you have to. I, I think i immediately pulled out my phone and with the 50 dollars in my my little bank account at the time i was 13 i ordered a king's shirt and i was like we're all in well now now here we go now now you're king's fan for life that's right and then in California, 1992, the Mighty Ducks movie comes out. So speaking of youth hockey in California, for me, my favorite player was Paul Correa because he makes a five-second appearance in D3, the Mighty Ducks. You guys, as you guys probably don't even know that because it's such a small cameo. He just randomly appears in the movie. But for me, I was like, okay, there's my guy. And uh, I was a Ducks fan. I was a Abs fan, Preds fan. Then he retired in St. Louis in 2011. And it's very weird how we pick our favorite teams because now you would have had the Blue Jackets in Ohio, right? Or what do you think would have been your favorite team? Because are you closer to Pennsylvania there? I am actually in where Youngstown's located okay, in Northeast gotcha, Ohio. Gotcha. I'm I'm less than an hour from Pittsburgh. I'm a few hours from um, from Columbus, and so I I'd like to think that I would have been a Pittsburgh fan either way. Uh, but the Blue Jackets weren't in existence. The Penguins were were the only I I call regional team the next closest team was probably the Detroit Red Wings and and so it was Pittsburgh and and it's been Pittsburgh for life for me so Ethan now you're fully bought in as a Kings fan what are your thoughts on them trying to rebuild here and, and you'll get back to those glory days of 2014 2016 well I mean 
best prospect pool in the NHL. I, wow, I, I'm that's really, a big statement there. People try and shake my confidence in guys like Turcotte and Byfield. You know, Tim Stutzla. No, those Tim guys are time. Oh, man. He, he, my, my, my roommate, who is also a Blackhawks fan, tries to say, you know, King should have drafted Stutzla. You know, he, he, he wants to go in and question every King's draft pick, but I, you, you can have – you can have that happen where you, you draft a bust and it doesn't work out for you, but with just the depth and the quality of the, the depth in L.A., I think it's going to be a great next 10 years for, for Kings fans. Because right now, you have a guy like Gabe Velarde, who was a top three prospect in, what, 2015, 2016? Mm-hmm. And he's he, he's struggling to keep on the roster because we have so many talented guys, and he might be the odd man out. We, there's a lot of rumors, I guess, on, on mayorsmanor.com that Velarde's going to be move for defenseman upcoming and we've even had an insider that says they don't think he's going to be on the team next year so i see rumors like that and it's incredibly encouraging as a kings fan yeah i mean turcott's pretty special obviously i was at the draft that he got drafted in and uh his poor dad alfie Alfie, yeah he's uh he's a former (laughs) pro right and and alfie got caught picking his nose at the draft that that, uh that draft and and his son kind of got the the spotlight taken off him for a short time, but he's a special player, and and I think he'll be a big time uh, part of that roster moving forward. Well, I was a I was a big fan of that draft pick because he played for the Badgers, and I cheer for the Badgers uh, in ho- in ice hockey only because my family's from Wisconsin. So, so I've got uh, I've got two questions for you. Then, obviously, you're a Badger fan. What do you think about the fact that Cole Caulfield is now? Uh, is he back down in Laval? They called him they back up. They just called him back yes. up, but they sent him down. They they weren't really giving him a chance. And, and then do you know a young boy by the name of Caden Brown? I, who, I can't say that Caden, I'm familiar. So Caden is uh, a freshman at Wisconsin, and Caden was five years old when I went to St. Louis. His dad, Jeff, played in the NHL for a long yeah. time. I had nowhere to live when I moved to St. Louis. Uh, Logan, his older brother, uh, uh, Ottawa Senators draft pick, just got traded to the St. Louis Blues, uh, was the the big-time player. Caden Pookie, his dad called him, Caden was not really interested in hockey, and and all of a sudden, um, Caden blossoms. He makes the national team. He goes into Wisconsin as a true freshman, scored a goal, I think, in his first game. So that might be a name that you want to look out for, Caden Brown, if you're a Wisco fan. But talk to us a little bit about the experience of watching Cole Caulfield in in uh, college and then what you think the, the prospects of his uh, career are going to be in the NHL. Well, I mean, I, watching him in college, I wasn't surprised at all when he came came up to the Canadians last year in the, in the cup run and it was immediate impact on the ice. And then watching him get sent down, if you're not paying attention, you're kind of like, you know, what's the deal with that? I just saw him in the cup final in the playoff run with Canadians being an, like an energizer bunny, I guess, for their offense. I hate to use that because it's a cliche overused term, but you go look at it and it's a guy who ha- still has to earn his spot. And I think that's a really smart and savvy move by the Canadians because they're basically saying, we understand this kid has talent, but he still has to earn his spot just like everybody else. And I, I think anyone in sports can respect that because you don't, you want guys to earn where they're at, not just be handed it to them. And so I, I, I wasn't surprised when he was a real plus to that run, and I wasn't surprised at all when he got sent down after having a terrible start to the season. He's a special goal scorer, obviously. He's got an unbelievable release and, and finds his way into space to score goals. But if you're not, as a player like him, if you're not creating 
offense and you're not generating points, what are you doing? Are are you effectively checking? Are you blocking pucks? Are you are you handling the defensive side of your game well? And and I think if anything, the fans obviously lit up when they sent him down. But I think when you look at a player like that, it's a okay. We need you to refocus. We need you to get back to playing the game the right way so that we can bring you back up here because we do know how important you're going to be to our current team and to our future. As I said, when I went up to Wisconsin last week, sat next to a, a former uh, Milwaukee Admiral. Uh, he used to be a liney with uh, Paul Caulfield, actually, yeah. oh, and wow. so he he was familiar with the family, and he's he spoke that you know Paul was an incredible goal scorer himself, and he sees a lot of that in Cole, and it's times ten almost. So that guy who is a he's coaching hockey now, and he's developing youth players. He sees it in Cole. It's just putting it all together at the next level now it's different when you do it for a, a short period of time that flash in the playoffs it's a whole nother thing to deal with an 82 game season and a grind and the travel and everything that goes along with it so I suspect Cole Caulfield's going to be a big time NHL player and a name that you should uh, probably hear a lot moving forward yeah we'll be back with more outside the box after this back to the ticket weeknights here are your hosts Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta on 937 the ticket and the ticket outside the box Cristiano Simonetta with you Rocky Russo doing alongside me second week we're doing this Rocky and the second time let's shout out today's sponsor today's show is brought to you by Farm Bureau agent Rick Michener when it comes to insurance all you need to remember is Rick Michener he's your local Farm Bureau financial services agent and can be your one agent for life auto home farm and ranch and business insurance Rick Michener in Lincoln, it's your future. Let's protect it. Rocky, we're joined alongside Henry Nelson, Stars defenseman number 12, and Lucas Wallen, Stars forward number 3. Henry, Lucas, how are you guys doing? Let's start with you, Henry. Uh, great. Thanks for having us on today. Yeah, thank you very much. These guys are a couple of uh, heroes in the icebox, right? So far, yeah, some early heroics from you guys. I guess that's a great segue to start with Lucas Wallen coming in. That game against Sioux City a couple of weeks ago, the fans remember it well. You score two goals in regulation. You get called on in the bottom of the second round. Take us through uh, that forehand, backhand move and sending the icebox into a frenzy. Uh, it was it was kind of a crazy one. I was grateful enough for Rocky to put me in in the second round. and I was kind of buzzing that night and was able to get two earlier in the game. and I was able to feel myself and kind of fake out the goalie and put it 5 hole. And then, Henry, you just scored the game-winning goal last Friday against Des Moines. You jump into the rush on a two-on-one, getting a pass from uh, – was it a good pass? I don't know, not the best pass from number three across from you. No, just kidding. What a great pass from Lucas. And then you finish it off, uh, sending again the ice box home happy and big two points for you guys. Uh, yeah, that was huge for our team. I yeah, got to give props to Juan for the the pass for sure. And uh, the fans for coming out. It was an amazing crowd, and uh, it was a very fun game to be a part of. And for you guys, the start of the season, 10-4-1. Henry, you were here for six games last year towards the end of the year. So let's start with your journey to get to Lincoln. Before the Lincoln Stars, where did you play your high school hockey? Uh, I was playing at Maple Grove Senior High. Uh, we had a good few last two seasons of my high school career. Making it to the semifinals, we uh, lost to Eden Prairie l last year so. But it was a uh, fun play there, and growing up in Maple Grove hockey was uh, very fun. So I'm thankful for those years. 
and you lost against your then teammate at the time in Lincoln, Luke Middlestat, and that incredible, what was it, five to four overtime thriller? What was that like going, you know, right after you get done, you start your USHL career right next to a guy who you just shook hands with? Yeah, it was crazy. I think a week after we lost that game, me and Luke had to drive down the seven hour drive down in the same car. So, but uh, I'm lucky to be friends with him, and uh, but uh, that was a fun car ride for sure. Did he did he rub it in a little bit or what? Uh, he did a little bit, but uh, we've played on some teams before and have a good friendship, so not too much. Tell tell us about obviously Minnesota high school hockey is like a cult, right? And and Tanner Tanner Lucky just left us to go back and and play his uh, his junior year at Lakeville South. He'll come back and be a full time player for us next year, and he'll join us at the end of his high school season. But so many players pass up the opportunity to play junior hockey and stick around for that opportunity to play in that state tournament. Tell us what that experience is like. Oh, it was it was unreal. My f- junior, we had a packed crowd, probably seventeen thousand people towards the end of the game, and uh, it was electric in that building. And I think a lot of players go back because the home games are electric and playing for your community is something special and something I will cherish for the rest of my life. So, But uh, going back to Middleset, I know he beat us in the high school, but uh, we had our fair share of good games growing up, and I think uh, we got him a bunch in the Bantam and Pee Wee State Championships growing up. So it was always fun playing them. But he did win the race to scoring his first USHL goal. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. No. You had that incredible shot from the left circle, and then he comes right after you and says, anything you could do, I could do better, Henry. What was that like over on the bench uh, in that game against Sioux Falls in April? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I think I scored five minutes in or something, mm-hmm. and then I think he scored the second goal. So uh, I think uh, just the competitiveness between me and him are, is huge, and uh, I knew he was going to do it because it's just his game, and he's a great player. So, But uh, it was a fun night for sure. And then we got another Minnesota kid directly across from you from Woodbury, right, Lucas? And yes, you sir. played your high school hockey at Hill Murray. What was that like? Um, it, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, we had a great group of guys there. I was fortunate enough playing a state tournament as well my uh, junior year. Uh, we weren't couldn't end up pulling it out my senior year, but uh, we had the 7 o'clock game uh, my junior year. First game we played Minnetonka. They had an unbelievable team. They ended up going up to win the whole thing later in the, the tournament, but – it was crazy having all your friends and family there to just watch you and just cheer you on. It's, it's awesome. No, I mean, Lucas, you you grew up a, a little bit different, right? Obviously, you um, you played you played high school hockey, and and a lot of these guys have the have the good fortune of having a Division one commitment out of high school and um, have the have the opportunity to jump right in the USHL. We were just talking before we came back on the air that you had a fishing scholarship. Is is that what it was? Where was that at Bemidji State? Um, yeah, I uh, if, if junior hockey didn't work out, I kind of looked into a couple different options, whether it was just going to college. Uh, I've always been a big, big fishing guy. I've always loved fishing, and I looked into maybe joining Bemidji State's fishing team because I, I know their team's unbelievable there. It's super competitive. Uh it's right on the water. It's a beautiful campus. So, so I, I got to get into this a little <laughs> bit because I grew up throwing a line off the, the dock in the lake and catching some bluegill. And, um, you know, as I got older, we probably had a couple of doll beverages while we were doing that. But I don't even know where to begin when we talk about a competitive fishing team. Like, 
like what does this mean what are you like what are you catching and and how is how is score capped like i need to know these things i'm incredibly interested um well i mean there's there's a lot of there's professional fishing you can watch on on tv stuff like that uh there's a lot of different i mean there's even penalties and in fishing if if you want to get that into it but uh i like to fish for largemouth bass smallmouth bass northern pike stuff like that all that stuff's in minnesota near me but uh are you catching and and then cooking or are you releasing what are you doing um i'm a big release guy catch and release uh i'll I'll catch the bluegills like you said earlier and i'll i'll cook those up but i usually like to throw the bass back now tell us obviously you didn't go the fishing route you ended up playing uh, in North Iowa for the North Iowa Bulls, who happened to be uh, also owned by the ownership group here in, in Lincoln with the Stars. So tell us about your your journey, your experience with uh, with the, the North Iowa Bulls and, and ultimately where you went from there and, and how you got to Lincoln. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to be uh, pulled in under Todd Sandin's wing down at North Iowa, and he kind of brought me in, uh, kind of banged up, and I was able to heal up and have, have a good season there. And I was fortunate enough to tender with uh, Keenan River Bound Bears in the North American Hockey League in about January, early beginning of the year. So I, I was fortunate enough to play a couple games with them, and I had a, a good three and three weekend with them in Janesville, and I ended up playing with them the next weekend. So it, it was good. And then uh, the next season, I was able to play with North or uh, Kenai that next season. We we were basically mainly based out of Minnesota because of COVID. We we got up to Alaska the last about month and a half. You're of probably the fortunate because I was up there a couple years ago, and it's not a place you really want to be. Oh, I I loved it there. the The ice sheet that we had at our home rink is it's bigger than Olympics. So for me and my speed, it was it was deadly. Do you have a crazy story? Obviously, when you hear about the North American Hockey League, Rocky, we talked about you know you jumping onto the bench almost. <laughs> you're gonna bring chair. that up again? Oh, I I'm gonna, that would... every we're gonna have a weekly segment called you know Rocky's tirade, and you're gonna go off on one topic. So that's segment three. But for segment two, Lucas, is there a crazy story from those null days that you had up in Alaska? Um, I don't know if I have any crazy stories. There was always whoever scored the first goal at our, at our rink, first game, they'd always throw a, a frozen salmon onto the ice, what which is was this? awesome. Is Shreveport doing the you know those we throw the bulls crabs. balls on the ice in Amarillo. It's a money maker, right? Awesome. So you throw the bulls balls and <laughs> in Lone Star they throw the Brahmas, you know, and obviously they got the the That's salmon hilarious. there in Kenai River. But I recall a story where Kenai River had to cancel practice because there was a moose in front of the door right. at the rink and they couldn't get into the rink, and so. That's life in in uh, Alaska for sure. So definitely not gonna be seeing any moose anytime soon here in front of the ice box. But for you guys, before we end up going to break, your favorite part of being in Lincoln, Nebraska, right now. Let's start with Henry. Uh, I think it's just the guys. I think we got a great group of guys that, on our team right now, and that everyone likes to be around. I know the rink is a fun place to be with uh, our group, and uh, I think our coaching staff does a great job of making practices fun, and uh, it's just a great atmosphere at the rink. So. And Lucas, for you as a 20-year-old, 10 points through your first 15 games, you got to be loving life right now. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Like like uh, Henry said, we we have an unbelievable group of guys. Uh, I always want to be the first guy at the rink and the last guy to leave, just because I love being at the rink so much. We got everything we need at the rink. We got a weight room there. We got ice. I'm usually skating twice a day, so all the guys are joining with me, and we we have a blast on the ice. It's great. When we come back for Outside the Box, we'll talk thumbs up, thumbs down. Thanksgiving edition, we're going to roast uh, and, you know, to ask some questions for Henry and Lucas and Rocky, what their favorite Thanksgiving uh, sides are, 
superlatives, all that type of stuff. You're not going to want to miss this. This is Outside the Box. We'll be back. Back to the Ticket Weeknights. Here are your hosts, Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. And we're back with segment number three of this week's episode of Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside by Stars head coach Rocky Russo, Stars defenseman Henry Nelson, and Stars forward Lucas Wallen. Thanksgiving week, guys. So let's rapid fire these thumbs up or thumbs down. Henry, turkey, thumbs up or thumbs down. May sound very easy, but look, some people are weird out there and have a different opinion. You got to go thumbs up with that. Do you have like a certain dish at the at the table or just, you know, turkey, no ham, that's your go-to? I think it's just turkey, turkey uh, stuffing, uh, mashed potatoes, and some gravy. So, and then a piece of apple pie. Lucas, what's your go-to Thanksgiving meal here? I, I'm very similar with uh, Nelly there. Turkey, uh, you got to have a big plate of mashed potatoes. Homemade stuffing from, from mama, and then some apple pie as well. Rocky, go ahead. Turkey, big thumbs up. Green bean casserole, homemade cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, corn, and and as much gluttonous amount of gravy as you can possibly have all over all of it. And then the next day you put it all in a big, nice, warm roll and you have yourself a turkey sandwich, a Thanksgiving dinner sandwich after that. That's what I'm all about. For the Minnesota kids, wild rice casserole, yay or nay? Do you guys do that stuff up in Minnesota? Uh, I think my parents have tried to make it a few times, but uh, I've never been a big fan. So uh, I'm a big. I'll have some wild rice on the side, but not. I'm not a huge uh, casserole guy. Do you know what wild rice is? I, I've had wild rice. I've never had it in a casserole. I would never. try that, but that makes me think back to last week's episode where we talked about red hot dogs. And my daughter was at the game on Friday, and we had to get her hot dog, and it was red. And my wife's like, what is what is going on here? Why is the hot dog red? Uh, fortunately, she ate it. She liked it. So that's a thumbs up for the red hot dog. Black Friday shopping. Henry, are you going to be in a line at getting the newest Xbox, or are you like, I'll wait a couple hours and do everything online? Uh, no, I'll probably wait. Uh, we'll probably have practice next morning, so you don't want to be out <laughs> all night shopping. So I don't think that would go over too well on the ice next morning lucas have you ever done that where you're kind of waiting for an item at 6 a.m ready to storm through a walmart no never i'm i'm a big sleeper uh i'm not gonna wake up that early to go rush to get whatever i need i i don't need much uh, i'm not a big shopper so do I can people wait. even have to go out to black friday shop anymore can't just do it online i mean i need a tv but I will not be getting up to go get that TV. I will find the Black Friday deal online and just order it there. Yeah, I think everything you could just do online. But there's so many stories of those people just going through the, the front doors of a supermarket like it's a Dallas Cowboys game. But uh, now let's move on to dessert, pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Henry. Start us off. Uh, no go. You got to wow. go apple pie. No, I'm not a big uh, pumpkin fan. Lucas? Um, I'm actually just starting to get into pumpkin stuff. I tried a pumpkin spice latte from Scooters uh, not too long ago. So I think I'm going to give pumpkin pie a go this year. So I, I'm going to try it, but apple pie is always the go-to. I make an unbelievable pumpkin roll that's got cheese, uh, cream cheese in it with a little powdered sugar on the top. Cut that up into slices like that's the real deal. I love a traditional pumpkin pie, but give me that pumpkin roll any day of the week. Thanksgiving or Christmas, last question of the episode. Which one's better, Henry? Uh, it's got to be Christmas. Christmas is always the best time of the year, and uh, 
you get to see your family and uh, hang out with them, so it's always good. Uh, Christmas for me as well. I love the lights, love the Christmas trees. Uh, I like snow. Always getting out on the, the outdoor rinks as well with, with friends and family is great. I put my Christmas lights up today. My wife won't let me put the tree up until Sunday, but I'm Christmas all day, every day, 365 days a year if I could. Plenty to be grateful for around the Lincoln Stars family. We hope you listening have a great Thanksgiving with you and yours. We'll be back next Tuesday, 7 to 8 o'clock. This was Outside the Box.